no offense intended. Any friend of Fast Larry? None taken, said Dawson. As he turned from the old man and looked curiously at the moon face staring at him from the doorway, he said, Caldwell? Jedson Caldwell? As if he had trouble believing his eyes. At your service, Mr. Dawson, said the young dark-haired man in the doorway not dwelling on the matter as he motioned Dawson inside. He wore a flat-crowned straw sombrero and a black pinstriped suit a size too small for him. The fingers of his black gloves had been snipped off in the manner of his stevedore's handwear. I must say, he added in a lower tone as Dawson entered the shop, we weren't expecting to see you here in Crabtown. I'm only passing through— on my way north of here to do some digging, Dawson responded. He glanced at a slow-moving line of men who filed somberly past a pine coffin set atop a long wooden table against the far wall. He saw hats slip respectfully from their heads as they murmured among themselves. I would never have considered you the kind of man for prospecting, Caldwell replied. Some time back I heard you were the law in Somo Santos. I was... Now I'm prospecting a claim, said Dawson, as if to discourage any further discussion of his term as sheriff in Somos Santos. He stared at the long pine box, seeing on the floor beneath it a thin puddle of water where melting ice packed in sawdust dripped from inside the coffin and it spread in a wide circle. Wet, dirty boot prints left a muddy path to the open side door. I thought you headed for New Orleans. Victor, hold them back for a moment, Caldwell said, avoiding the subject of New Orleans. He spoke to the stocky young man who stood at the front collecting money from the sightseers. Mr. Dawson will want a private viewing, I'm sure. Cray Dawson? young Victor Earls asked in a hushed tone of voice, his eyes widening in excitement. The Cray Dawson? The one who sided with Fast Larry against the Talberts? God Almighty, I've seen more big gunmen the past three days than I've seen in my whole— Victor, said Caldwell, giving the excited young man a stern look, causing him to cut his word short. Sorry, Mr. Caldwell, Victor said sheepishly. He turned and planted a thick hand firmly on a miner's chest, stopping him from entering the barber shop. As Caldwell motioned Dawson toward the wooden coffin— Victor said harshly to the miner and the line of men behind him, "'Quit pushing, damn it! Everybody'll get their turn. The man's dead. He ain't going nowhere.' "'He's ripening awfully fast, though,' a voice said from the line. As stragglers moved away from the pine coffin and followed the grimy, wet boot prints out the rear door, Caldwell gave Dawson a look and said regarding Victor Earls, He means no disrespect toward Shaw. He's just young and, well, not very bright, I'm afraid. He's a good apprentice, though, learning the barbering trade quite well. He the one painted the sign out front? Dawson asked. He and Caldwell both took off their hats as they stepped up to the pine coffin. A scent of pine and paraffin wax loomed above the open coffin, blanketing an encroaching smell of rancid death. "'Yes, as a matter of fact,' said Caldwell. "'Why?' 
He spelled Shaw's name wrong, said Dawson. Avoiding looking down at the closed eyes and stoic face of his old friend for a second longer. That figures, Caldwell said, letting out an exasperated breath. I should have checked it sooner. As he spoke, he kept a close watch on Dawson's face, wanting to see his expression as he gazed at the body. Just thought I ought to mention it, said Dawson. His eyes turning down toward the heavily waxed and rouged face lying in endless repose. Caldwell watched intently, seeing Dawson's eyes search the dead face, then drift down to the hands lying folded on the abdomen. Dawson took a deep breath. He shut his eyes tightly for a second, then opened them and studied the face closer. The damage was severe, Caldwell whispered, as if to keep from awakening a sleeping man.